Hello my lovelies and welcome to another episode of Primed for Crime. I am your host Liv and I'm very excited to have you here and hope you enjoy today's case. So today's case takes place on the 1st of July 2018 when six-year-old Alicia McPhail went to bed at her grandparents' home. However, the next morning she was nowhere to be found and what happened next would spark a huge police investigation and a closer look into a young boy that might have had something to do with it. Before we get into the case, I just want to state that everything I talk about today is just information I have found online, and I mean no disrespect to anybody involved or mentioned. And today's episode does include mention of suicide and the sexual assault of a minor, and in general is a case surrounding, you know, a minor, she's six years old, and honestly, it is a truly sad case and it may be upsetting to some listeners. So if this is something that you're not comfortable listening to at the moment, then please feel free to click out of this podcast. So, let's begin. This is the murder of Alicia McPhail. Alicia McPhail was born in Glasgow Royal Infirmary and she lived in Airdrie, which was North Lanarkshire, with her mother Georgina Lochran and her younger sister Courtney, who was aged four at the time. She attended Chapelside School and she had recently completed primary year two at the time of her death. She was described by her headteacher as a smiley, happy young girl who just loved being at school and enjoyed every aspect of you know literacy in particular writing and her favorite activities included gymnastics and cake baking so altogether she was just a normal young child who just thrived in everything that she did alicia's parents separated when she was just three months old and her father robert who was 26 at the time lived in a town called rothsey which was the principal town on the isle of butte now he lived there with his parents and his girlfriend Tony, who was aged 17 at the time, and Alicia would visit her father and grandparents every other weekend. So on the 28th of June 2018, she joined her family in Rothsey for what was meant to be three weeks of the school summer holiday. Just three days into her summer visit on the 1st of July 2018, Alicia was put to bed in her room at her grandparents' seafront home with a Peppa Pig DVD playing. At about 11 o'clock that night, Tony went to go and check on Alicia and she went into her room and she, she was asleep. Everything seemed fine, everything seemed safe. And one thing I will say is the key to the home was actually left in the front door and this was common in Rothsey. It was a relatively safe neighbourhood and it's just something that people did. The same evening, 16-year-old Aaron Campbell invited 15 friends to his house. It was more like a bit of a gathering and they were drinking, but the party finished just before midnight. But at half 12 on the 2nd of July, a friend returned and found Aaron in bed and, quote, suicidal. Now, Aaron Campbell claimed, quote, I was quite upset as my mum had been arguing with me most of the night, end quote. 
and this friend who was there was quite worried for him and offered to stay over. But Campbell declined and said he was just going to, quote, get stoned. Now, he sent a message to several people asking if they had any weed to sell them, and this included Robert McPhail. So at 1.47 and 1.48, he called Tony, but received no response. At six o'clock in the morning on the 2nd of July, Alicia's granddad, Callum McPhail, woke up to go to work and only to find that his granddaughter was not in her bed. He thought, well, okay, maybe she's just somewhere else in the house. So he started searching every room and couldn't find her anywhere. And Alicia had never run away before. It wasn't like her and her bike was still in the garden. So he didn't think that she'd gone out on her own. Um, And 23 minutes later, like this all happened very quickly. Alicia's grandmother, Angela King, notified the police whilst the rest of the family just began searching everywhere they could, like the local area, just spreading the word of her disappearance. And she also made a plea on Facebook, encouraging members of the public to help. Now, it was at this point that Tony noticed that she had several missed calls from Aaron Campbell. Now, Aaron was friends, or like acquainted with Robert and Tony, and claimed that he actually had a casual sexual relationship with Tony in the winter of 2017, although Tony very strongly denies this. Now, the reason why he called, obviously, was to get some weed, and he had actually purchased weed from the couple on multiple occasions, but these interactions stopped in the early 2018 following a disagreement and intervention from Aaron's mother. So anyways, Tony notices these phone calls and tried to phone him back, and it wasn't until 9am when he responded, saying, sorry, doesn't matter, with two laughing faces. And then, obviously, Tony kind of told him to look out for Alicia and, like, what had happened, and he put, quote, oh, damn, I'm sure she's not went far, with a kiss on the end. So... That was that, didn't really think too much of it. The police immediately began searching for Alicia and they were using every available thing they could. They had helicopters in the sky searching from above. They had Coast Guard volunteers searching the shorelines. And at 6.55, a Coast Guard volunteer discovered a kitchen knife near the McPhail home. Many members of the public also joined in. It was a huge search effort. Everybody just wanted to find Alicia alive and safe. But at 8.54, the police were notified by a man named George Williams. Now, he was a local man who had seen Angela's Facebook appeal and he had very sadly discovered Alicia's lifeless and naked body. She was found in a wooded area within the grounds of a former hotel, which was about a 15-minute walk from the McPhail home. Alicia's mother, Georgina, who was 70 miles away at the time, learned about her daughter's death via Angela's Facebook page before being escorted to Butte to be with her child. And I cannot imagine how devastating that must be. Like, not even a phone call from the police. I mean, even that, just to hear that your child has been found 
not alive just it just must be so horrific i cannot even imagine the emotions going through her especially having to drive 70 miles that's a long time like i dare say that would be about like an hour maybe an hour's drive just sat there not knowing what's happened must have just been tormenting for Georgina. There was a post-mortem examination that was conducted on the 3rd of July 2018 and the autopsy concluded that Alicia had received 117 injuries, some of which were still caused while she was alive and some that may have been caused by the vegetation. And, I mean, 117 injuries is just overboard. That is absolutely horrific. And the fact that most of them were caused when she was still alive, just, I don't even like to think about it. It is horrendous. You know, injuries to her neck and her face indicated that she'd been gripped quite hard and she had injuries to her nose and her mouth that kind of, showed that she might have been smothered as well and I hate to say it but her genitalia did sustain catastrophic injuries um, and the pathologist determined her death to be quote the result of significant forceful pressure to her neck and face end quote so this poor poor young child just was so brutally murdered, it's unbelievable. So obviously the Scottish police opened a murder investigation and Chief Superintendent Hazel Hendren from the local police commander stated that, quote, every available resource from across Police Scotland is being made available to this major investigation, end quote. The police um, started making searches at the MacPhail house and were heavily patrolling the streets of Butte and making door-to-door inquiries, just speaking to as many people as they possibly could. And several parts of the island were shut off so forensic experts could search for evidence. And the investigators believed from an early stage that the murderer was still in Butte. They were still on the island, they had to be. So they've got to be there somewhere. They just need to find out who it is as soon as possible. And this is when the case takes an interesting turn. Jeanette Campbell, the mother of Aaron Campbell, actually helped with the initial search for Alicia. And in response to the police request for information, she had CCTV around her house. So she immediately went to check the system installed outside her home and found footage that seemed a little bit strange. So she found footage of Aaron, her son, leaving and returning twice during the hours that Alicia disappeared. So obviously she sat him down and asked him, like, what were you doing? Like, why were you coming home and going out? Like, what were you doing at this time? But Aaron insisted that he knew nothing about the case. Like, he didn't have anything to do with it. He didn't know anything. 
And his mum was pleased by his response, like she didn't think either that he had anything to do with it. But even still, she still reported the footage to the police just to remove any suspicion and clear his name. So obviously the police sat Aaron down as well and was initially interviewed by Detective Constable Gavin McKellar and Detective Sergeant Stephen Hendry. And he was originally uh, interviewed as a possible witness and he cooperated with the questions. He showed no signs of worry or intimidation and he just claimed that he'd been buying and smoking weed and that was all, that's all he knew. However, the next day on July 4th, he was arrested on suspicion of murder and taken to the police station in Glasgow, where he answered no comment to all the questions. However, the following day, he was officially charged with the murder and rape of Alicia McPhail and he remained in custody. And on the 13th of July, he appeared at Greenock Sheriff Court and he did not submit a plea. So this is when he appeared at the High Court in Glasgow on the 10th of December 2018 for indictment proceedings and he did then enter a not guilty plea to the charge of abducting, raping and murdering Alicia McPhail. A trial was set for February 2019 where a second charge of attempting to defeat the ends of justice was dropped and because he was younger than 18, the media were actually banned from reporting Aaron Campbell's name for the duration of the trial. So, the actual trial began on the 11th of February 2019 and it was presided over by Judge Lord Matthews. And the court was shown this CCTV footage from the cameras um, installed by Aaron's mother. And it captured the defendant leaving his house at 1.54 on the 2nd of July and returning at 3.35 and then leaving and returning again for two short periods before 4.07am. Now there was um, some more CCTV footage that was supplied by members of the public and in these clips it showed an individual walking along the shoreline at 2.25 and 2.26 and the person appeared to be carrying something in his arms and it was later found that pathologist John Williams testified that Alicia's feet were clean and uninjured which suggested that she had actually been carried so the likelihood of this person carrying Alicia was pretty high and this is when Jeanette Campbell confirmed that several items recovered from the beach after Alicia's death, including a fleece jacket, jogging bottoms, boxer shorts, a t-shirt and a kitchen knife, all belonged to her son and came from her kitchen. Fibres from the trousers were found on Alicia's discarded pyjamas and forensic scientist Stuart Bailey testified that DNA matching the accused was found on the beach clothing and he further confirmed that a DNA sample taken from Alicia's neck had a billion to one chance of coming from anybody but Aaron Campbell. DNA matches were also found on Alicia's face and 14 parts of her body and some on her clothing. So it's pretty safe to say that this DNA evidence absolutely came from Aaron Campbell. 
There was also a cybercrime expert who testified in court on 3rd of July 2018 that Aaron Campbell had used his phone to Google search how do police find DNA, then visited a webpage titled Collecting DNA Evidence. And there was also a 16-year-old girl that testified that hours after Alicia's body was discovered, Campbell filmed himself in a Snapchat video that sent to a group of 25 people with the words, quote, found the guy who has done it, end quote. I mean, why on earth would you do that? Even as a joke, why would you do that? Absolutely ridiculous. But in his defence, Campbell claimed that he had spent the early hours of 2nd of July procuring cannabis and searching for his lost phone, and two young men testified that they had received messages from the defendant but did not meet him that night. Campbell also logged a special defence of incrimination in which he argued that Tony, the girlfriend of Alicia's father, was responsible for the murder. So not only is he guilty as fuck, but he is now trying to pin it on other people. So he actually took to the witness stand and claimed that Tony had sex with him in a garage on the night of the killing. And then he suggested that she killed Alicia and used a condom to plant his semen on the child's body. Which, could you even imagine being accused of that when it is so obviously this person who who's done it? Um, so Campbell's lawyer kind of said that Tony was jealous of the attention the child received and that her relationship with Alicia's father was physically abusive. But Tony denied all of these claims, adding that she loved the child to pieces and, you know, she was like her own daughter. So it absolutely wasn't true. And again, Angela King, which was her grandmother, testified that Alicia and Tony did have a great relationship and they, they got on and they both loved each other. So the claims from Aaron, I, I mean, I don't think they were taken that seriously. I think everybody at this point kind of knew that he was just scrambling for anything at this point. So he answered questions for two hours, offering explanations for the prosecution's evidence. But whilst he was doing it, he apparently seemed very composed and just unfazed about the whole thing. Like, he didn't, you wouldn't have thought that he was up for murder. And, you know, he, he just seemed like, just so, well, yeah, unfazed. He just did not seem bothered at all. Now, he told the court that he had never met Alicia and denied murdering her by stating, quote, absolutely not, I could never do that, end quote, and he agreed that placing the blame on an innocent person would be evil. The trial lasted for nine days and the jury deliberated for only three hours before returning a unanimous guilty verdict on the 21st of February. Lord Matthews described the evidence against Campbell as overwhelming and stated that the teenager had committed, quote, some of the most wicked and evil crimes this court has ever heard of in decades of dealing with um, depravity, end quote. And, you know, it's true, it is so evil and so wicked that anybody could do that to a human being, never mind a six-year-old innocent child. It truly is just horrendous 
A group of media outlets started to make a legal bid for this teenager to be publicly identified, arguing that his transparency was in the public interest. And following the trial, Lord Matthews actually agreed to reverse the naming restriction, which was a first in Scottish history, and it was due to the unique nature of the case. Campbell reappeared before Lord Matthews for his sentencing on the 21st of March, and reports prepared by Dr. Gray McPherson, a consultant forensic clinical psychologist, revealed that Campbell had since confessed to the crime in detail. And this next bit just shows what sort of person Aaron Campbell is. So he told Dr. McPherson that he was, quote, quite satisfied with the murder and said everything, it took everything to stop laughing during points of the trial, which is just uh, (laughs) awful. It really does show what sort of person this is. And the report also stated that Campbell, quote, continued to experience thoughts of killing and having sex with children and having sex with dead bodies, end quote. Lord Matthews described the teenager as, quote, cold, calculating, remorseless and dangerous individual, completely lacking in victim empathy, end quote, before handing him a life sentence with a minimum term of 27 years. Dr. McPherson reports that you told him that over the next few days you were totally unconcerned, other than to be mildly amused that the police had not arrested you. Two other aspects of his report are worth mentioning. The first is that you told him that at points during the trial it took everything to stop you laughing and you had to zip your mouth. The second is that you volunteered that you were quite satisfied with the murder. According to all of the reports, you are not suffering from any mental health disorder and indeed you are not suffering from any syndrome or disorder of any kind. On the other hand, you are completely lacking in victim empathy, the social worker noting your cold, calculating manner. The nature of these appalling offences and what I have read in the reports make it clear to me that reintegration and rehabilitation, while these are important considerations, are remote possibilities and neither your best interests nor anyone else's will be served by a speedy return to the community. Nonetheless, the punishment part will not be as long as it would have been had you been an adult. Your sentence will run from 6 July 2018. You will be detained without limit of time and I fix the punishment part at 27 years. As you can hear at the end of that, Alicia's mother, Georgina, shouted abuse at Campbell as his hearing ended, and she subsequently told the media, quote, a life sentence should be a life sentence. He should have no human rights and doesn't deserve anything because he is inhuman, end quote. And I cannot imagine the emotions going through Georgina at the end of that. I mean, yes, he got 27 years, but, you know, if that was your child, it just wouldn't feel like enough. Um, And on the 10th of September 2019, Campbell successfully appealed his sentence, reducing the minimum term from 27 years to 24 years, meaning he will be eligible, eligible to apply for parole when he is 40 years old. 
In fact, three judges ruled that the original sentence had been excessive for his age, but they didn't dispute Lord Matthews' suggestion that he may never be released. Campbell is imprisoned at the HM Young Offenders Institution Parliament and will be moved to an adult prison when he turns 21. I think the thing that shocked people the most was the fact that this place was so small, you know. Butte was a small, popular tourist destination and, you know, everyone just thought that it was incredibly safe and people maybe took things for granted. And I can understand that I come from a relatively very small village and you do feel safe. Like I used to um, work in one of the local pubs um, at the top of the village and I would literally just be out walking the streets home at like two, three o'clock in the morning and wouldn't even bat an eyelid. But it just shows that awful things like this can happen anywhere. It doesn't matter how safe you might feel. And it's quite sad because you want to feel safe where you live. And obviously, um, Alicia McPhail's murder received a huge amount of media attention. And, you know, it was even kind of compared to the murder of James Bulger in 1993. You know, at the time of the trial, it kind of was acknowledged the lasting shock within this community. Um, lots of people saying nothing feels the same. And the revelations of casual teenage drinking, sex and drug use on the island were also a source of surprise. Libby Brooks of The Guardian wrote that the McPhail trial revealed, quote, the reality of life on Butte beyond the picture postcard, end quote, where the population is declining and deprivation is growing you know local young people were actually offered counseling services to help them deal with kind of the aftermath of this case there was also a debate around childhood influences um you know once 16 year old campbell was confirmed as the culprit and in an effort to make sense of the crime the public the media the comments kind of focused on his reported obsession with violent video games, in particular the Slenderman thing, meme, and, you know, like looking at his YouTube, he did quite a lot of YouTube, I think, uh, looking at that and the speculation that cannabis psychosis was linked to this and other killings. And it also prompted discussions of how to treat young offenders of serious crimes. As for Alicia, there was a candlelit vigil for her held in Rothsey shortly after her murder and her funeral took place on the 21st of July 2018 and was attended by hundreds of people. The community really came together and just mourned the loss of this poor, sweet, innocent girl. On the 25th of May 2019, there was a pink memorial bench unveiled in Rothsey and on June 20th, nearly a year after her death, Alicia's primary school opened a playhouse built in her memory and was decorated with artwork designed by the pupils. It was funded with £22,000 donated by the public. The MacPhail's family also attended a memorial service at the school that included a song and poem written for Alicia. And 
that does conclude today's case. Um, It's one of those cases that really just hits you in the heart. It is a truly terrible case. Um, You know, this young, beautiful little girl with so much potential and living such a happy life just taken away by somebody who just doesn't deserve anything he is truly a monster if that is the best thing I can say he just really is a monster um and I actually he's still in prison and I'm pretty sure I read something it might have been an article I think he um got jumped in jail like he's he's been attacked like he's not been a good time and I'm pretty sure his family don't see him anymore since last year I think his mother I think she was scared to go to the prison because she was scared that she would get attacked. Um, so yeah, he's not having a good time and honestly good because he doesn't deserve anything good. Um, but as for Alicia and her family, my heart does go out to them and I'm glad that she got the justice that she deserved, but it is so incredibly sad that it had to happen. Um, nobody deserves anything like that. Nobody wants to see their child or hear about what happened to their child in that sort of manner. Um, so yeah, my heart really does go out to the family and I wish them all the best. So that is it from me today. Um, if you'd like some more true crime, then please head over to the Prime for Crime TikTok where I post small snippets of cases and I've also got the Serial Killer series on at the moment. And yeah, don't forget to like, share, follow, all that jazz and a nice review is also nicely appreciated. I will see you in the next episode. See you later.